Everybody. Welcome back to the choir room as we begin our journey into the second portion of season four. Yes, we are still just as excited for this season as hopefully some of you are. I have noticed uh, in the time that we've recorded the first half of season four that some people were a little confused as to why we were so excited for season four. Pretty uh, notably or noticeably that not everybody was as excited as we were, but we are still having fun. We are still looking forward to the rest of this crazy season as it all plays out. I, of course, am not alone. That would be so terrible if I was. I have Aman Adwin here with me today. Of course, how are you doing? Aman, what's going on? I'm great. Yeah, season four is an interesting animal, to say the very least. So I guess I share everyone else's concern for our mental well-being. But at the same time, there's nothing to worry about. It's a good, it's a, it's a decent season. I'm having a lot of fun upon rewatch. I particularly enjoyed this episode. I feel like I say this about every other episode, but <laughs> I liked it. I um, I'm excited to talk about this one. I feel like we get some interesting character development in this episode. And you know what? Like everybody out there that might be confused, just keep in mind, remember that uh, we are watching this all back to back to back. We uh, still are doing the same method. You know, we're locked inside and, in, you know, indoors. Quarantine times are still a buzz. And uh, we're watching these episodes on a somewhat daily basis. You know, we take breaks here and there. But for the most part, we have been going straight through. And as crazy as that might seem to you guys, uh, it's just, you know, when you keep the whole story together, Rather than, you know, starting this in 2009 and now we're here in 2013 uh, at the start of this episode, you know, keep it all together. Everything fits together in your head. You remember references from previous episodes that might have flown over your head the first time that you watched it. Like, there's no way when I was watching this the first time that all the comments about how Marley is such a beautiful, great person. There's no way I remembered that from episode to episode. But watching it like this, like, I feel like we appreciate that kind of stuff so much more. So I feel like that's contributing to it. Glee is a very bingeable show. Uh, part of me wonders how this would have panned out if Glee came out in the days of Ryan Murphy's Netflix deal. Like, I wonder. We, we probably wouldn't like it as much, to be honest. Which is an interesting uh, observation to make because I feel like it did sort like. Uh, well, first of all, the timing of it all. Like the fact that this show started in tw- uh, two thousand nine. I think it was just a really really good sweet spot um it was also sort of like the first show of its kind but if this show had started in like what 2018 or 2019 10 years from its original start date like i don't know if it would have the same amount of success because i have to imagine that within the past 10 years that if it wasn't going to be glee that like pioneered the tv musical comedy uh era somebody else would have done it by that point so i feel like this would have been like a run-of-the-mill uh high school drama with some uh with some music thrown in there and we would not be as attached to these characters partly because of the timing because we only would have had one year with the show at this point but also i just think that i just think that 2019 is such a different animal of like entertainment than 2009 and we're at such a different place in the world. I mean, we yeah. were living through, you know, an Obama election uh, at the time, an Obama re-election in 2012. So they were talking about that on the show. And the time that we're in now, uh, Glee would be just 
like, you know, a similar kind of thing, but it would be very much different in the tone. Uh, a lot of the jokes that get made on here, like the off-color jokes that, you know, just get brushed over would not be made. They'd have to find a different way to make the jokes that they want to go for while, like, not touching topics that, you know, as time has gone on, uh, people have become more aware that, like, that's not funny kind of thing. Uh, so they would have a very different look to the show, to the uh, to the message that comes across in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they would have to take it a lot more seriously, which I think at the time, the point of it was, like, they didn't take it very seriously while still trying to portray some serious messages. But I feel like they would not get away with all that kind of stuff if that was there. Right? It's supposed to be, like, it's market- what was it marketed as? A biting comedy for the underdog? Like, I feel like... In today's world, where everything is a little bit more touchy, 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 and not always in a bad way, I think that a lot of the shit that we're going through is justified. But yeah, you're right; it definitely would not fly the same <laughs> way. And yeah. just like the tokenization of some of these characters, while we sort of like swallowed it and took it on the chin, yeah, we like Ryan Murphy would have a lot more critics today so he he sort of him and the rest of the team really got lucky with the timing of the release of this series but not that i love it any less yeah and i mean look uh, not only the timing of like where they were in life like i think for the most part we can agree that they got the cast pretty nailed down of like these people were just like this cast that they put together not that they couldn't do it again now with like different people but like there are so many people on this cast that are just so talking about it He's talking about it. I honestly feel like he wants to do it. Like, I know that he was, you know, this was at the beginning of quarantine when Ryan Murphy started tweeting about, oh, I wonder what a Glee would look like if I had this person and that person and Ben Platt or whoever. But I honestly feel like he's seriously mulling it over. I mean, he has all this time on his hands. He has this big ass deal with Netflix. Like, I could totally see him trying to do something um, in the in the uh, in the vein of Glee again. I wouldn't mind it as long as like Kevin and Jenna are involved. I feel like they both, uh, you know, have been hanging on to uh, you to know, do what their podcast together. To just like we don't need Rachel back, we don't need Blaine back. I would just love to see like if we had any like but alumni from Tina the past show involved. Back. Yeah, that's what I want. Nah, I say if you're gonna do a Glee reboot, you're gonna just you, you just have to you have to scrap all the old storylines, get rid of them all. You can bring them. You can bring the actors back in newer roles here and there you know what i mean but i would want like i don't need to be back to mckinley i don't need to see any of these characters again i think that their stories are all wrapped up some better than others but yeah okay well we'll talk to ryan murphy (laughs) about that my point is just that you know these actors specifically the ones that they got for this show and the ones that portrayed these parts that we've come to know and love and hate some and love some uh i feel like they just had the perfect cast so if this were to be uh have 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 had happened in the year 2019 they would not have had this uh, specific cast so i think uh it all worked out for them pretty well at the time uh let's without further ado get into this episode kick off the back half of season four it is of course episode 11 Sadie Hawkins time for a Sadie Hawkins dance at William McKinley High School we're going to start this episode off with Sam and Blaine in the hallway Sam tells Blaine something's been keeping him up at night Uh, it's been weird Uh, he just can't process it but something was happening with the warblers at sectionals which if you forgot uh, hopefully you didn't but the warblers 
won sectionals. Uh, the New Directions lost because Marley passed out and they weren't able to continue with their performance. But Sam thinks he's onto something. He thinks that the Warblers might have cheated at sectionals. And Blaine, of course, is immediately going to tell him, you need evidence. You can't just, you know, have that claim and, and not, you know, have anything to back it up. Uh, Blaine or Sam is going to, you know, take that point and consider, you know, some other ways to get evidence as we'll see later on in the episode uh but this scene is going to end with sam asking blaine to borrow his chapstick which he says is not weird because they're like brothers but blaine kind of looks at him a little bit questionably like uh okay sure um do you do you share chapstick with anybody i've definitely done it in the past i don't try to make a habit of it especially nowadays but um yeah yeah i've done it with a few friends that i'm that i'm pretty close with Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I never go out of my way to. It's like if I was in like a, you know, I really need chapstick right now. I'm not somebody who like needs it every second of the day, even in the cold months, like you know, like once a day maybe. Um, but if I was like desperately needing it, then sure. But like definitely not going to like make a regular practice of it. I am more willing to use someone else's chapstick than I am to give mine out. <laughs> but I'm essentially pr- performing the same act. I don't know what it is about the psychology of that, but if you ask me to use my chapstick, I'll probably give it to you if we're close, but I'll be like, uh, it'll be a bit begrudgingly, but if I have no qualms, be like, hey, can I get some of that chapstick? Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, that's something about it. It's like, it's yours. And once uh, other people use it, then now your item that you're going to keep reusing is now uh, got cooties on it so uh i can i can understand that um we're gonna go over to a student council meeting tina and sugar call sam and blaine inside the room for this meeting and uh they're going over some of the minutes from last time seems like uh sugar is the treasurer what's tina is tina the no she's not the president is she no blaine's the president tina's uh, the secretary okay yeah sugar mod is the treasurer of course because money so i guess Right, Sam was the vice president. It's it's been so long since the election. Uh, hard to remember all this kind of stuff. But yeah, I guess Blaine chose his cabinet, and that's what these people are doing here. Um, and there's 142 days until prom, we're going to find out. And Tina's talking about how, you know, prom where all the hot girls get immediately snatched up by all the hot guys and then uh, the sort of hot girls get asked out by the sort of hot guys but then the rest of us have to sit around and wait for all the nerds and the freaks and the burnouts and the losers to work up some courage and ask us out to the most awkward night of heavy petting uh, we're likely to get until we wake up in a nursing home getting groped by an orderly Uh, so Tina not a big fan of prom especially as she does not have Mike by her side anymore Uh, Sam is gonna tell Tina well I don't know what you're all down about Uh, I think you're sort of hot like if we were in a bunker together i would totally you know uh yeah and tina's like all right enough of this uh tina has an idea here that she's going to propose the first ever mckinley sadie hawkins dance where the girls ask out the guys that's how these work uh she says it was the topic of discussion at the last meeting of the too young to be bitter club which we are going to cut over to and we have a guest star here that i was so excited to see i was do you were you watching this and did you know how excited i was to see this person I'm sure you were excited. I'm and I'm wondering. Well, I guess I don't need to wonder anymore because it sounds based off of the tone of your voice that you found this revisit of the character quite, um, quite fun. Just I relish any opportunity for the wonderful, amazing Lauren Zeiss to come back onto Glee. And Lauren was supposed to have graduated. I didn't like it. I like. I love Why? Lauren. I love Lauren. I'm glad that she's back. I just didn't like that she was part of this club. It seemed like such a big departure from who we know of her, what, or what we oh, know yeah. of her, you know what I mean? And I felt like it's it was just so jarring. If we had had some sort of, like, precursor to this, if, some, if we, like, knew something had happened to her where she became bitter, 
I would have like been a more been more agreeable to it. But I was like, well, what do you mean? Like she's like this badass. Like who the what the fuck does she care? Like so it was it was kind of weird for me. I get it, uh, but when when this person is not any longer on the show, and this is just a one-time guest spot for them, there's really not much room for further character growth of a person that is, like, nobody has any reason to be invested in anymore, except for, you know, the diehard Zeiss fans. I mean, you are. Here, but, yeah, but I, that's what I'm saying. I'm just happy to see her. I don't care about, like, you know, this isn't true to her. I'm just happy to see her, and whatever way it is, it doesn't, you know... I don't, I don't, I don't need, uh, I don't need the details to all line up. I'm an easy to please Lauren Zeiss fan. Um, and she, but she's talking about, she's here because ever since she dated puck, nobody will ask her to a dance. So yeah. And again, she was supposed to be, uh, graduating. She was in the class with, uh, some of the, uh, older kids, I believe. So, uh, she, I guess also got held back. No, I think she was a year younger than them. I think she was I'm a... pretty sure that she was the same age as all the, the other guys. Pretty sure. That's what I remember reading and seeing and remembering. But alas, uh, Sugar's also here. She's like, well, no, Lauren, I think it's because everybody assumes that you have herpes. Uh, Dottie is also here. She says that nobody asks her to the dances because she has such clammy hands. Uh, And Becky is also here at the Too Young to Be Bitter Club. And she's like, I'm a hot piece of ass and I want to shake this sweet thing on a dance floor. So uh, they're all excited about the idea of the Sadie Hawkins uh, dance. Tina, uh, back in reality or back in the present time, I guess, uh, saying that Becky's right. Why are we just sitting around and uh, waiting for the guys to decide who they want to ask so tina even though she's not getting full approval from everybody else in the room like blaine and sam are kind of like she is going to declare it official by a vote of all the women in the room and uh blaine is just going to sit there and be like okay so that's the that's the plan it's on yeah i mean i'm a fan of this sadie hawkins idea i just wonder how practical it actually is or kids actually going to wait like are, are guys actually going to wait for the girls to ask or is it sort of just like uh same cast but slightly different scripts you know what i mean like i feel like if i if this had happened at my high school i feel like the usual couples would have the couples would have gone together either way it doesn't matter you know what i mean and the the guys that the guy i feel like the guys would have made it known which girls would have been eligible to ask them if that makes sense you know what i mean like i feel like it wouldn't have been like free reign like i feel like girls would have been like oh i can't ask him because i know he's going to say no so i feel like the patriarchy would still like push through and that's sort of annoying but i guess that's just sort of human nature but i i love that tina is trying to be so instrumental and be like you know what no let's let's screw this like let's let's do some let's try something new here I love that. Yeah, this is a very fun Tina episode. And, you know, for all the talk about Tina doesn't get much, uh, there it's, you know, time time to it's give Tina some It's finally happening. It's finally happening. Yes. And if you're watching for the first time, don't be worried. This is uh, somewhat of a multi-episode situation that Tina will not just fade back into the background. I can assure you of that. So over in New York, we're going to see Kurt Hummel. It is his first week at Niata. Uh, we are time to uh, time to get started with the second portion of the school year. Holidays are over. He is talking about how, you know, Niata is really kind of just like high school. You know, college is seeming pretty similar so far. There's tons of clicks. He's going to point out all of the different clicks. Uh, I didn't write them down, but it, it felt similar to like the Mean Girls uh, scene of identifying all the different clicks that exist in this ballet studio or uh, all around the school. He's talking about how, once again, he's at the bottom of the social pyramid. And, you know, he thought that he'd always have Rachel by his side at the very least. 
least. But uh, she's off doing things with Brody, which always seem to require him being shirtless, strangely enough. Uh, so he's like, I need to make new friends. Just like in high school, the best way to do that is through extracurriculars. And he's looking at the sign up sheet of different, you know, posters of join this club, join that club. And he finds one that kind of catches his eye. It is called the Adam's Apples, which is apparently Niata's show choir. And yeah, uh, so I mean, this seems like a pretty logical Kurt club to join. Do something else, bruh. I don't agree with not doing it because of what Rachel's eventually going to tell him. Like, screw that reasoning. But you just spent the past three years of your life doing show choir, and you want to be on Broadway. And I'm not saying that being in show choir can't, you know, get you there. I mean, it's all New York City. I mean, you make connections, and you never know who knows who and who knows who. But at the same time, I feel like you should focus more on your acting and stuff like that. In my Mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah, he's definitely playing it safe, which is a typical Kurt move. Uh, He is known for playing the safe route majority of the time until he has people that kind of push him into the right way. Does he still have time to do that kind of stuff? Because doesn't he still have his internship with Vogue? Or is that sort of a don't think we're. uh, I don't think we're caught up on where he is uh, with Vogue right now. But I would imagine he's still there. We didn't didn't say goodbye to Isabel for good, did we yet? No. I kind of wish that Isabel was in the last episode so that we could... uh, see him at least talk about it with her you know what i mean right not not the christmas one yeah. the uh swan song the one where he was the one where he pretty much got a chance to audition again okay yeah, yeah but we're gonna like you said we're gonna see rachel and kurt uh sharing some thoughts about this because kurt is uh kurt's just making some tea over back in the apartment uh, apparently brody spent the night because Rachel comes out to like join Kurt in the kitchen and she's like, Shh. he's like, he's still sleeping. And he's like, oh, damn. All right. Uh, sounds good. Happy for you. Let me get some earplugs to make sure that I can continue sleeping in this apartment. Uh, she tells him that she sees the moment because she really likes Brody and she's tired of second guess some- guessing something that feels so right. So we saw at the end of uh, the last portion of the season that, you know, Rachel had been giving a call over to Finn. So she definitely still had him on the mind. But she also kissed Brody right before that big showcase that meant a whole lot to her. So uh, she is seemingly all in on Brody at this point. That is what we are seeing here. He spent the night and uh, things are progressing pretty well with those two. And Kurt is going to confide in her that he wants to join the show choir. And Rachel immediately shuts him down. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. Show choir is the lowest of the low. It is social suicide at this school. And of course, we're all thinking the same thing. What are you talking about? You just went through all of that and you guys still came out just fine so why are you shutting him down here but apparently the show choir at this school is even worse it's like if you're doing this you might as well go dress up as a teapot at disney and uh you know just call it a career for you because that's all you're ever going to make it and uh she's like all it's it's just not cool nobody does it here it's not a respectable thing don't do it so what do you what do you make of this advice that doesn't make any sense to me because Niata is notoriously difficult to get into, which means that everybody that goes to Niata is de- is very talented, which means that all the clubs are going to be comprised of talented singers and dancers and actors and all sorts of stuff. So that, I mean, I, I understand that hierarchies are going to exist in any arena, right? So even at the best of the best, there is a low, you know? But there is this, there is this uh, thing that, uh, my friends and I, when we were pre-med together in college, would always tell each other, it's like, okay, so, like, the valedictorian of Harvard Medical School, what did they graduate as? A doctor, right? Okay, and the person mm-hmm. with the lowest grade point average at Harvard Medical School, what did they graduate as? 
a doctor. So you're going to be fine. Like, I don't agree with that reasoning at all. Just if you want to do show choir, go for it, Kurt. I wouldn't go for it because I would want to sort of like broaden my ring wings and, you know, try and strengthen some of my other performing skills and stuff like that. But yeah. If that's what you really want to do, then so be it. But I do feel like it's, a, like you said, I think it's a little bit safe. I think it's, you're not challenging yourself enough. Like, do something else. You, you know the mm-hmm. show choir route. You might not know it collegiately, but, you know, it's, it can't be that much different. I mean, are you going to do, are you going to go on more competitions again? You know? It'll always be there to fall back on if you, like, try other things and it don't, you know, they don't work out. I'm sure, like, most of these choir groups probably would still let you in with, like, you know, a, a little time left. I'm sure they have different performances. I probably sound like such there. a hypocrite right now, though, because I definitely did theater um, in high school and continued in college. But it was a bit of an elevation in college, though, because colleges, they have more money. They have actual faculty and actual departments and stuff. And not to say that high schools don't, but obviously it's on a larger scale. It's run like an actual company. We get to perform with actual professionals and stuff like that when we do like residency shows and stuff like that and but can you have like a residency show choir performance you know what right. i mean like i just i just no don't i don't think you sound it. like a hypocrite i think theater is you know bouncing from one theater program to another makes sense i feel like a show choir is a fun hobby and i don't you know i i don't know if there's anyone out there who is gonna feel like offended by that kind of statement i i hope not i mean I, maybe there are like professional show choir groups that are you know illustrious and uh you you can make big money off of being in them if there are i truly don't know about them um but that's also just not what kurt's going for he wants to be on broadway and he needs to expand himself a little bit more to try new things and you know rachel is not rachel was never a ballet person like she took this class last semester that pushed her so hard and while you know maybe being a dancer is not going to be her path on broadway it's like she's learning other skills that are you know contributing towards her uh success and she she got something out of that class and i guess right. uh, to be a little fair as well kurt's also taking this class right now but i don't know um it still feels like he's not willing to ever really push himself so whatever we'll get back to that in a little bit to see how uh things play out with him But back at McKinley, we have the boys walking down the hallway. We see Jake, Ryder, Artie, and Sam. And now that the Sadie Hawkins dance has been announced, they are feeling pretty powerless. They're like, any second, a girl could just come right on up to us and ask us to the dance. They're like, this must be what the girls feel like all the time, which somebody is going to walk by and confirm. Yes, it is. Um, And then as the scene kind of, uh, you know, it's a a quick scene, but Ryder's going to get stopped by a a specific Cheerio that has this neck brace on. Um, tell me why, like, this goes somewhere eventually, right? Because it did not get a conclusion in this episode. I can't remember. I, I, Neither can I. I have a vague memory of her actually being referred to as neck brace cheerio by somebody. So I think Mm -hmm. she does get brought back in some capacity. I can't remember, though. We know that there's an episode coming up in the future that has, you know, heavily leaned on Ryder with a specific storyline. You know what? Mm -hmm. I probably know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like she's a player in that. Like Mm -hmm. she he believes that she whatever. Um, But other than that, I'm just like, I don't remember this being anything significant. I feel like they threw it in there. Maybe they intended it to be more. I don't know. Um, And it'll come back later. There's a deleted scene. There has to be a deleted scene that we just don't see. There must be. And then like just not cutting all this stuff out made sense to them. I don't know. But yeah, so she, uh, neck brace girl is going to stop by Ryder and seemingly, you know, she's, she's definitely into him. Uh, but this doesn't go anywhere right now. So yeah, strange. 
Finn's going to stop by the teacher's lounge and Coach Beast is in there. She asks him if he wants to arm wrestle. No, he doesn't. Uh, nobody in there does. She's all ready to go, though. Uh, and she apologizes to Finn about Sue taking over the choir room. And Finn's like, yeah, I've just been uh, bouncing ba- bouncing back and forth from classroom to classroom. We're like all, all those other fugies. And she's like, do you mean refugees? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. Without the competition, they have to come up with something different every week to keep everybody interested because what else are they preparing for? So, you know, Finn's feeling a little bit down and out about the Glee Club's current state. You know, there's no section. uh, There's no regionals. They lost at sectionals. Like, that doesn't happen. And Will's not back. So this is still Finn's thing. Um, And Coach Beast is talking about how the Sadie Hawkins dance is, you know, that should be their next project because it's it's important. This dance is important. It's, you know, Back in high school, she never got asked out. She only uh, was able to go to the Sadie Hawkins dance because she was able to do the asking. And she's like, it's a metaphor for empowerment, not just for women. It's for anybody that's sick of the status quo. So Finn takes this advice and, you know, holds it a little closer and says, all right, uh, Glee kids, this, you know, first of all, we are going to see the first of many different uh, classroom settings that they'll be in this week. Looks like one of the old uh Spanish classrooms or maybe history classrooms. I'm pretty sure that we've seen both Holly Holiday and uh, uh, Ricky Martin teaching in, in this classroom. But uh, he is has he's all the kids in there, right? This has been used before. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, the, all the kids are in there. And he tells them that this week is ladies' choice for the songs. He says the girls are going to sing to whoever they want to bring to the dance. And we are going to see Kitty at the door, who is like, perfect. I have a song I want to sing, sing to somebody. So... At least Finn has a plan. She is a dog with a bone, that kitty cat. God damn. <laughs> like, get over it. Yeah, I, uh, Kitty, Kitty's gonna have a pretty big episode here as well, which, you know, it starts a little bit later into the episode uh, than some of the other storylines, but once it gets going, it gets going. Oh, yeah, they get going, all right. They need to get going to the damn uh, courthouse, because it seems like some, well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the courthouse or the courthouse? The courthouse. Hmm. Could, could go either way. Uh, Finn is going to end up bringing them to the locker room as their next classroom for uh, the next session of Glee Club rehearsal. And it's Tina's turn to go up first. Uh, Tina, you're up. Sing to the person you want to invite to the dance, which is like so presumptuous of Finn to assume that like all it's the Glee somebody kids want to bring. the Glee kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, fair, because that's what happened when he was in the club. Like, everybody just dated each other. I mean, what but... the fuck are they supposed to do if it's somebody that's not in the club? Like, you're supposed to go and get them and then have them. Yeah. Like, that'd be so intimidating. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, can you please come with me to the locker room so I can sing to you in front of all these kids? Like, I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> right? Like, why are you asking me to the locker room? They, like, definitely would assume that something else is being uh, suggested. <laughs> at a time like that but um yeah that's that's what he wants them to do so tina's gonna go up first and she says for her song she will be performing i don't know how to love him from jesus christ superstar because it's about the pain of unrequited love and uh finn tells her to wrap it up because because uh, coach beast needs the locker room at 4 30 so uh they are still on edge they're going to be kicked out at any second but tina's going to get into this performance here of i don't know how to love him and Artie notices that like he doesn't realize or he doesn't he's not sure who Tina's singing to. He asks Sam and uh, he well, Artie's like, obviously, you know, it's about me. Uh, this char- charming debonair figure from her past, a forbidden love that she let slip through her fingers. And Sam's like, unique. He's like, really? <laughs> OK, my guy. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. Wheels. But she's not singing to Artie. She's not singing to Artie. She is uh, singing to the man who snuck behind the lunch line when the lunch lady was away and gave her extra tater tots. 
she's speaking about the man that was asking the teacher, the math teacher, about something and doing an equation at the uh, front of the class and then bending over and picking up a piece of chalk with that round ass. She's talking about the man who, I forget the other scene, but <laughs> she's talking about Blaine. <laughs> Gay ass Blaine. Homosexual ass Blaine. Blaine. The guy bow tie wearing, skinny jeans wearing, Kurt loving, Kurt capri pants wearing, Eli having sex person, <laughs> <laughs> cheating, philandering, gay Blaine. Blaine, gay Blaine warbler. Yes, Tina is singing directly to Blaine. I don't know how to love him. And by the end of this number, everyone's looking around like, what the hell is happening here? Who is she singing to? Because we know the person must be in the room. And we see Blaine smiling through the performance. He's kind of looking at her like, uh, hmm. At the end of the number, Finn's going to start a round of applause for her. And Tina's going to walk up to Blaine and ask if he will go to the dance with her. Blaine is utterly surprised and shocked and does not know how to respond, which he says as much. He says, Tina, I don't know what to say. And there's a very long pregnant pause. And he says, no, thank you, but no, thank you. And you just see Tina looking at him, does not even know what to do with herself. Everybody is staring at her. Everybody is feeling awkward. And Marley's she just got rejected. <laughs> He could have said yes. He's an asshole for this. He knows that she didn't mean it like that. Well, she does mean it like that, but he has no he has no reason to believe that she means it that, like that. Like everybody knows that he is clearly gay. Uh, Blaine and Tina have been hanging out a lot more. Like the three of them, Blaine, Tina, and Sam, have been hanging out a bit more this this season. Like they could have gone as friends. She's single. He's single. They can't really take anybody else. Like he could have said yes here. Well, I agree with you, but at the end of the day, we do know that Tina had more uh, intentions behind this question. We did, but he doesn't know that. But look at her! Uh, look at her face as she sings to him. Like I think he feels the love that she is putting out there, and this is not any kind of ordinary like no. friend ask. Like that no. doesn't happen no. with no. I don't know how to love him. No, 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 no. I was imitating Woody from Toy Story, but no. Um, he, they are friends. They are friends. And maybe this is this is a bit, you know, results-oriented, but when he explains why he doesn't want to go, it has nothing to do with, like, not wanting to lead her on because he doesn't think that she actually likes him like that. The assignment was to just sing a song to a guy that you want to ask to a dance. It doesn't mean that it has to be romantic. It doesn't mean that it has to be... You know, this grand gesture. She just, you know, it's like asking Blaine out. And yes, she obviously is developing feelings for him, but he doesn't know that. Um, so behind the scenes here, just in case anyone uh, has not heard this before, I uh, believe that this storyline all comes from Jenna Ushkowitz herself. I believe the story is that she is told on her podcast with Kevin McHale, Showmance, of course. Uh, no, don't know how often we get that plug in there, but you should be checking that out. Um, the story, I believe, is just that Jenna, throughout her whole life, has had so many crushes on gay men, and she was oh, you know, sharing that with, with <laughs> Ryan and with the rest of the writers, and this entire 
storyline of her being into Blaine came from personal experience that Jenna has had, and they just turned it into a fun character arc for her. Oh, Tina. Or Jenna. That sucks. I feel your pain, girl. I have had many unrequited crushes in my lifetime. A lot of them, yeah, well, actually. A little bit yours more. Yours might than... line up a little bit more with the Blaine side of things. No. 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 It's more on the side of Tina, and some of them are with straight men. So, yeah, I totally sympathize. And it's like, you know that they're straight, but, like, you just... I mean, the heart wants with the heart wants, and now I'm revealing a little bit too much that I would want to on this podcast. So let's just keep... <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> no, I'm I'm uh, ready to dig in. We uh, we can open up the therapy session of the day. Uh, my client here, Amon Adwin. Amon, how are you? You know, actually, I think I want to go ahead and I don't I don't think that my uh, insurance covers this, so we can. Uh, I'll, I'll have uh, to keep looking. Luckily, we are podcasting live from Canada today, and there's free health insurance for all. Oh, um, I forgot my passport. I'm being deported back to the States. So I, I guess I'll, once nope. I find it, I'll, I'll, I'll come back. No passports needed. The border's wide open and uh, everybody's allowed in. Uh, yeah, but I, I just feel like that's not true because of Corona. So, you know, and the last thing I want to do is, you know, put anybody at risk. We'll get there eventually. Uh, yeah, so Tina has asked out Blaine. She is embarrassed because he gave her a full-on no. Uh, let's switch back over to New York briefly as uh, let's check back in with Kurt who is staring at the board of signups for clubs and uh, Adam a senior and the founder of the Adams apples is going to come up to him and he acknowledges that Kurt is very much interested in the show choir group he sees him staring at the board and he's going to clock Kurt for like every aspect of this decision making process for him Um, he's like oh you're just hesitant because you don't think that this is you know a cool club to do I'm sure somebody told you this is a bad idea but I know you didn't show choir in high school and I know that you want to do this I know you want to be with us Uh, he's talking about how uh, he also saw Kurt's showcase performance where the one that got him into Niata he said that it was breathtaking uh, and Kurt is impressed with everything that Adam just threw at him, but he doesn't think he's going to be joining. Uh, Adam is like, well, why don't you just come here or sing? No strings attached, just us uh, with our voices and your ears. Nothing behind the scenes, nothing schemey here. Um, and we're going to Kurt agrees. He follows them over to their rehearsal auditorium space. And Adam and the Adam's apples are going to be up with a performance of Baby Got Back. And uh, how did you like this one? <laughs> there was a bit of controversy with this cover, wasn't there? Now that I'm thinking about it, I forgot about it until now. Like apparently, tell us, tell us all about it. I'm gonna butcher it, but I think long story short, they used this rendition of "Baby Got Back" uh, without the permission of whoever made this arrangement, and then the, the per- that person like sued Fox Studios for this. But I don't think they ever won. But there was like a lot of controversy surrounding it. They were like, the person was like really pissed off. And they were like, yeah, fuck Lee. Like, I can't believe that they would use my music without, you know, going through the artists and shit like that. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't sound too familiar to me. But but yeah, I mean, this uh, this number is pretty something. Definitely something. It's a group of misfits that's obviously just like the New Directions that they are trying to show us that, like, look at all of these different people. You got guys in suits. You got guys in, uh, you know, nerdy looking outfits. You got girls that have, you know, uh, Tina looking, Tina season one kind of vibes going. You have everybody all over the board here. And uh, they, you know, Kurt's going to sit there and watch this entire performance, which to my surprise, we got like the whole performance. We got like the full like two minutes and 20 seconds of this thing. I thought that was pretty uh, unexpected, but I guess they wanted to showcase the Adam's apples. Fans of indie musician Jonathan Colson were licensed last week when an alleged 
Glee version of Baby Got Back surfaced on the internet that seemed to shamelessly rip off Colton's distinctive arrangement of the 1992 Sir mix song, Last night, that cover version was confirmed as an official Glee track when it appeared in the mid-season premiere of the Fox show and is currently for sale on iTunes. If this were an episode of Glee, I would win. Jonathan Colton's Fox hard-nosed corporate dis- disregard for the work of an independent musician seems ironic, particularly in the context of Glee, a television show whose core themes have so often revolved around the plight and triumph of the underdog. If this were an episode of Glee, I would win. The way they're behaving is so antithetical to the message of their show, Colton told Wired. It's a little frustrating. Whether or not they're in the right legally, it doesn't seem like the best way to handle it. If you're going to claim that you're giving an artist exposure and they should be grateful, there's a right way to do that. Contact them ahead of time. Say, this is great. We're going to talk about it on our blog and tell all of our fans that they should be fans of yours. We're going to put a credit on the show. That doesn't cost them anything. It's a show with something like a $3.5 million budget for each episode, and there are still so many free things they could have done to engender goodwill. Colton said that while his lawyers have been looking into the copyright issue, it seems unlikely that he will have any legal recourse. It seems that because of the compulsory license I purchased when I made a cover of this song, the arrangement itself is not protected under copyright, although it's the darkest gray of the gray areas. Uh, While there may be some weird offshoot of the law, it doesn't seem like something where a little guy could sue to get any satisfaction. You know what I'm having flashbacks to? Back in high school, when somebody would like volunteer to read and you would just be sitting there like... (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Did you want to read, bitch? <laughs> no, I never wanted to read, but I'm just like sitting here like, because then you just stop there and you have nothing to do but like listen to every word and I don't even have the book in front of me. So I just, you put me back in that space for a second. <laughs> I loved reading as a kid. When I got caught on to read, I would like make it a show. Like I was so oh, expressive with my narration and everything. <laughs> I loved it. I can see, I, I definitely can see, you know, you being that person. But there were always, like, so many people that wanted to read. And, like, I don't know. I, I never felt like I had a voice that, like, projected well to an entire classroom. And I just always also didn't, like, want attention on me. But Aww. I'm sorry. Did you have Did you have uh, any, uh, anything else from that uh, article? No, that was pretty much it. Like, he made a cover of the song. They used the song. But I guess because it's a legal gray area. Because he obviously, see, Baby Got Back is not his song, right? So he had to buy a license to cover the song and i guess since it's a cover it doesn't really have the same rights as an original work so he Mm -hmm. wasn't able to get anything out of it but the fact that they didn't really tell him that they were doing it and they sort of just like went along with it without you know saying anything it just really rubbed him the wrong way and i would have to agree like obviously i mean they 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 notify some of the biggest pop acts whenever they're about to do their songs right because they want they want the shine they want the exposure they want you know that 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 communion between the two artists but i guess they didn't feel that this particular artist deserved that same amount of respect so that's kind of shitty yeah and did you did you think much of this performance at all besides i mean we see kurt like very much interested in the group here or at least you know specifically in adam but any thoughts on the uh, actual number it's cute it's quirky um i like that it's something funny and Maybe, I mean, maybe there is something for Kurt here. And, you know, I mean, obviously the guy is interested in him. So, but I mean, it it seems like a lot of fun. It seems like something that's sort of like low key. It doesn't seem like they are nearly doing it for competition. It seems like they're just doing it just to have fun, to have something to do outside of schoolwork. So 
far be it from me to shit on anybody's parade. Yeah, because this is Niata, after all. So they, there's got to yeah, be something. It, it seems like they would be busy. That's what I'm think. That's what I'm saying. Like I know that I was fucking busy during uh, school. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, some people that are a little bit busy trying to figure out who they're going to the dance with. Back at McKinley, we have Brittany and Marley. And Brittany's going to come up and introduce herself to Marley. She says, hi, I'm Brittany. And Marley's like, I know. And Brittany says, okay, I just wasn't sure. We've never had a conversation before. Uh, Brittany is uh, <laughs> talking to Marley about how, you know, she's like, you're always looking at Jake. And uh, anytime that you're around him, you're always whimpering like a suckling puppy when he's around. You know, you're, you're just... Very much into him, and uh, don't think we don't notice. Uh, Marley says she's afraid to ask him to the dance because they've had a few dates, uh, and, you know, she fainted, and uh, he's been acting weird ever since then. It's just been some weird, mysterious energy with him. So uh, Brittany heads off. She's walking away from Marley, and Marley's like, where are you going? Uh, Brittany says, well, we're going to sing a song together, and usually the music starts when I say something like, it's Brittany, bitch, or when I do one of my magical turns. Brittany does her magical turn and Marley and Brittany are going to go into this number here as both of them swirl into their beautiful blue dresses and all of the New Directions girls are going to join them in another classroom uh, as they do a performance of Tell Him. I love this. They all look good. That color works on all of them. (laughs) Tell him, tell him, tell him. Tell him right now. Yeah, once again, we're getting some of that break the fourth wall type shit um, in the script, acknowledging the idiosyncrasies of uh, of Glee. And I like that, you know, Brittany talks about how they've never spoken before. So she was just trying to establish some sort of friendship She's with so the two of them. And that's so true amongst a lot of the Glee kids. Like, there are conversations that we never see take place amongst some of these people. Ever. And that's even back to season one. I don't think Mike Chang has not spoken to everyone in that Glee Club. He's probably spoken to Tina, Mr. Shu, some of the guys. I don't think he's ever spoken to. Has he ever spoken to Rachel or Kurt? I don't think he's ever spoken to Rachel Mike, or Kurt. Well, Mike loves Rachel. So, uh, you know, I imagine he, at one he's point. He's spoken another, about he's, them, he's spoken but he never spoke. We've never seen a conversation between the two of them. Oh, wait, no, that's a lie. Yeah. That's a lie. It was one side of conversation. They had a. It was during when they were drunk and performing. They got done performing Blame It on the Alcohol. And she's like hanging all over him. She's like, have I ever told you how great you are? And then Tina pulls him away. <laughs> so no wonder. Uh, so maybe that was the connection. So team Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Fuck the Barry. It's all about. <laughs> yeah. That's Bang. a thing. Get that started. <laughs> Night, uh, like 10 years too late. But uh, yeah, th- this is a, a fun number. And I, I mean, yeah, like you said, that, that all kind of happens like all throughout the series, I think. Uh, I feel like even, like, as late as season three, I don't know if it's, like, Brittany and Tina or somebody, but you always get those random, like, hey, we haven't talked ever, or we haven't talked in, like, two seasons. Let's catch up. And uh, the way that they acknowledge that is very fun to us, especially, like I said, you know, as we're going through on this binge uh, and, you know, recognizing, oh, yeah, these two characters have never interacted once. So I like that they acknowledge it. It's funny. And this performance is good. Um, I just kind of feel like I need an update on, like, Brittany's grades at this point. Like, how is she doing? Uh, you know, we're halfway through the season. Is she graduating? Uh, you know, we'll She's find out. She's still on the like, Cheerios, and Sue was very serious about keeping her off the Cheerios unless her grades improved. So they must be doing well. I just need answers. Um, but yeah, this is this is a cute number. All the girls are behind them. We have uh, Kitty and Unique and um, Tina and Sugar. Sugar. They're all there. And then by the end of this performance, Marley uh, is, you know, they finish singing and Marley screams, Jake! And he's like, whoa. 
<laughs> and she turns around. She's like, oh, sorry. Uh, she gets down on one knee, it looks like, and she asks him if he would like to go to the dance with her. He says yes. Uh, Finn's like anybody else. Brittany is going to get up and ask Sam, who also says yes. And then while the two of them, while those two couples are now ready to go, you're also going to see Blaine and Tina kind of looking around pretty awkwardly. But this scene also is going to feature the Cheerio, the, 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 neck, the brace neck, Cheerio. Brace neck, neck brace Cheerio. I said brace neck. Uh, knocking on the window outside, looking at Ryder and waving. Why wouldn't you just come inside? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with her? Do not go to this damn dance with her. Do not... Go to this dance with her. She is giving you a bunch of red flags. She's a weirdo. Why is she on the cheerios with a neck brace? Why does Ryan Murphy write so many characters with a neck brace? That's two now. Leah Le- Michelle and Scream Queens. <laughs> I don't know. You can, maybe he has a fetish. Oh, my God. Yeah. For, for neck injury. Yeah. Well, uh, any other thoughts on this number before we get into the kitty of it all? I like I, I like Brittany and Marley's voices together. I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of this number, actually. The choreography is very energetic. I love the, mm-hmm. the the color on all of the women. They just they all look really great. I'm a fan. Yeah, I was just thinking about how like they made they made the right call in every aspect by keeping Brittany back at the school for another year because continuing on, like I don't know how they would have followed Brittany's story. Like Brittany's character is the person who you just introduce to what's going on in the episode and just have her, you know, either join in on a fun plot or you give her a fun plot or you just give her those funny one liners. And that doesn't happen if you're following her to like a dance school. Like you need her there. Yeah, she's a big anchor in this season. She sort of holds everything together like Artie's the glue? No, fuck that. Brittany's the glue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I just am so grateful that she is going to be here for this season and uh, not off-graduated, so just throwing that in as well. Uh, but afterwards, we're going to see Kitty in the hallway all by herself. There's like these two uh, doors that she has other Cheerios closed for her to like make sure that the hallway is like just Kitty and also Jake, who is down the hallway. And she comes up to Jake and says she's going to get right to it. Dump the bulimic loser and go to the Sadie Hawkins dance with me. And Jake's like, what are you talking about? I thought you and Marley are friends now. And Kitty's like, duh, we are, but I'm still going to gaslight her every chance that I get. Damn. uh, Horrible. And then uh, she's like, look, I realize Marley's super sweet, and I'm sure you have great conversations with her when you share milkshakes down at the drive-in about how you both love President Eisenhower. But good luck (laughs) getting past first place with that girl. (laughs) (laughs) she says i on the other hand could offer you a little bit more and jake's like really i thought you were the uh, good christian virgin type and kitty says i was but i've had a change of heart decided to play by my own rules you have needs and are you really sure that marley is up for the job and she's gonna walk away leaving jake sweating and thinking and sweating some more about this obvious suggestive uh request or uh, idea that kitty has for the two of them yeah, Jake, don't you have needs? I can fulfill those needs, and she can't. Come on, Jake. Okay, I know that this is you talking and not Kitty. <laughs> I mean, sure, Kitty. Like, I don't, I, once again, I, I'm having trouble with the motivation here, because if you are supposed to be friends, then... Why do you hate her so much? I don't understand. You you claim that you don't like Jake, but then so then why do this? What are you getting out of it? Maybe she likes Marley. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe she's actually like into Marley. Oh, now you're going to ship Marley and Kitty? <laughs> because there's no other explanation. I swear to God. I just don't understand. 
I don't understand either. She, you know, no, I do understand. I feel like we both understand why Kitty is so into Jake. I feel like it makes sense. Do we understand though? Because she's going to say later in this episode that she doesn't like him. She doesn't like him, but she wants to sleep with him. <sighs> That's all she wants. That's all she cares about. So whatever. I think it makes sense in one way or another, but no, I mean, I get, I totally get, you know, she doesn't really, uh, it's just like why this one specific guy is the only guy at the school, but she's, she's got her target set and that's what she wants. I mean, I guess they say, they say once you go black, <laughs> Jake is going to end up being at the lima bean with puck. And, uh, he doesn't know what to do about Marley and Kitty. He is just, uh, you know, he knows what he, what he thinks he should do, what he maybe wants to do, but Kitty won't leave him alone. He's like, he tells Puck, he's like, I'm not even getting on base when it comes to Marley and Kitty's inviting me to the home run derby. Like she is offering me the world here. And Puck is like, yeah, but Kitty will ruin your life. He's like, you know me, I've had every flavor Cheerio imaginable and none of it meant anything. Uh, He's like, you like Marley, right? You do. You got to resist the Jesus loving devil. Jake says he can't because Kitty won't go away. And Puck says that he will take care of it. So this is getting weird, but yeah. He said he's had every flavor Cheerio. I'm guessing original was Quinn. Honey Nut, is that supposed to be Santana? (laughs) Probably. Are there any other kind of flavors of Cheerios? I haven't had Cheerios in a long time. Um, There are Cheerios uh, flavors. Let's see. There's chocolate Cheerios. Didn't know that. I think that's it. There's Cheerios Oat Crunch. And then there's the Cheerios that come with, like, the nuts and strawberries. I don't know. I could have sworn there was, like, some third type, but maybe not. There's Honey Nut Cheerios. Cheerios. I didn't know that. Blueberry Cheerios. Okay. Well, Puck has had every different kind, and uh, none of them meant anything to him. He's not a Cheerios guy. Uh, he is. He's definitely just trying to let Jake know. You know, don't do it. You know, you know, you like Marley. Uh, I have nothing to show from my various Cheerio adventures in high school. But if you think this could be something with Marley, then definitely go for it. And for you to go for it, I will take care of Kitty. Ew. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, let I'll save all the things that I have to say when we get to that scene. Okay, that sounds fair. <laughs> so yeah, that's just know that for now that Puck is going to take care of it. Um, we're also going to see that Tina is going to apologize to Blaine. He uh, she's apologizing, but she also thinks that he owes her an apology because that was the most humiliating moment that she's ever had in Glee Club, and that's saying something. She's like, uh, but but I do apologize because I forgot the story that you told about being bullied at a Sadie Hawkins dance. And Blaine is like, thank you, but that's not why I can't go to the dance with you. Tina says, well then why? Like I <laughs> that had to be the reason. Why why wouldn't you go to a dance with me then? He's like, I can't tell you, and she's gonna swear. She's like, I swear to God, I won't tell anyone i won't tell just tell me blaine tell me tell me why like her like her entire like soul is being crushed by being rejected and she needs to know why he tells her that he has a crush on somebody that uh you know he doesn't want to go to a dance where everybody's going to be all romantic except for him and this crush has been weighing on him tina asks him who blaine says it's a straight guy and obviously that is turning into a bit of a problem hard to be crushing on the straight guys and tina is going to just pull it out of him she's like you can trust me just tell Tell me uh, Blaine is going to tell Tina that it is Sam. And yeah, 
crushes on Sam. Blam is uh, a friendship that is obviously devolved into feelings. Sam, uh, we're going to see him, you know, a flash over to uh, Sam coming up to Blaine in the library, continuing this Warblers conspiracy that he has, you know, showing him more pictures on the iPad of like how the Warblers look uh, different now and then. And he even flags up a specific Warbler that uh, was not at the performance, which was a little strange to them. His name is Trent. And they're like, where was he during the number? They're just talking about all these different things. Um, and while Sam is talking, you see Blaine across the table from him, looking at him with these hard eyes. And Blaine is telling Tina it's stupid. And Tina's like, no, I get it. I get it. Blaine's like, but I'm proud of our relationship that, you know, gays can be friends with straights and, you know, we can all coexist and all be friends and it doesn't have to be weird. Uh, but he's like, I don't want to jeopardize our friendship by making this more of a thing. And Tina's like, no, listen, I, I do get it. Look at Sam's lips. And Blaine's like, oh, the lips, the lips, the lips. <laughs> and she's like in the impressions, like there's, uh, they're both like melting over Sam, Blaine especially. And Tina's like, okay, look, here's what we're going to do. You and I are going to the dance together as best friends. We're going to have the most fun night ever. Okay. Sounds good. Blaine seems in agreement with it and that's going to be the plan. But those lips, the lips. Oh, this is such a tease because now I want a blam to happen and it will never happen. (laughs) But I don't, you know, honestly, I don't, uh, well, mm -mm. I'm trying to, (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how I feel about this. Um, because I didn't, I never really, well, we don't really know much about uh, Blaine's type because he's never really had a boyfriend. I mean, but he did have a crush on that guy that worked at the Gap. But then he he was in love with Kurt, and I was crushing on Sam. So it doesn't really seem like he has one, which is great because I also don't have one, and I feel so misunderstood when people ask me what my type is, and they and I say that I don't have one. And Blaine kind of seems to be all over the place too, which is kind of cool. But he's also just like depressed. So I feel like he's putting all of his love that he can't put anywhere on this close friendship that he's now creating with Sam, which I totally understand. It like the like your brain will really play tricks with you. Like the more and more time that you spend with someone, even if you didn't initially find them attractive, like your brain will be like, oh, this person, <laughs> like I might actually have something with this person. So I totally understand this. It's it's adorable. It's so cute. It's a bit of a tease for me, but so be it. I guess he's being teased the way that Tina's being teased about him. So, and that's just how life goes sometimes. Like, if we could all just like the people that liked us, you know how much happier we'd all be? But it always has to mm-hmm. go in like this weird ass line. You like that other person who likes that other person who likes that other person who likes that other person. If somebody could just like close the gap. I've heard rumors that there are couples that like exist out there of two people that like each other and you know one person like the other person and the other person like them back and I feel like I've heard of that existing that sounds uh, you know people sometimes that sounds married I think that mm, see I've heard of similar rumors but I just something's just not computing to me like I feel like I need like empirical evidence of that happening you Mm -hmm. know so yeah yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. It's uh, it's it's hard to imagine that being true, but I've heard about it. Um, so it doesn't seem like that's quite the case here with Blam. Uh, Blam, like you said, they spent a lot of time together and they are growing closer every day. And Sam is that exact person that you're going to fall for because Sam is like that, you know, his guard is down. He's not the one that's like, he's not, he's not Finn. Finn was always, uh, even like when Kurt had the crush on him and everything, like he always showed extreme resistance by having that close relationship for a while. And eventually, you know, they came around to be like respectful of each other and they were best bros or whatever it was, you know, from a legitimate like brother sense. Um, but Sam 
was like, oh, you and me are good buds. Like, let's share chapstick. Let's be best friends. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like, there's, uh, you know, we're all, we're tight here. And of course, it, it makes sense why Blaine is developing feelings for him. So you hate to see it. You hate to see Blaine in this situation, but everyone's gone through it. So he'll come out of this just fine. But what are you going to do? That's the deal for now. Uh, speaking of Blaine, his ex at the very least, back in New York, we're going to see Rachel and Kurt together. And while Blaine is uh, falling in love with a new man, Kurt seems to be as well. Rachel is talking about how Kurt uh, should come with her and Brody to these plans that they have. And Kurt's like, no, I'm not about to do some third wheeling. And Rachel's like, well, I can't wait till you find a new man and we can go on double dates. Kurt says he actually has his eye on somebody, but he's not sure if that guy likes him back. And uh, he obviously is going to be talking about Adam, who we're going to see Adam uh, stop by Kurt's ballet class. He compliments Kurt on his plie, and Kurt says, well, you know, thanks, but, you know, my uh, my ex was way more of a dancer than I was. I'm just trying to do my best. And Adam is like, okay, let's try this again. Hi, Kurt. Nice plie. And Kurt says, oh, thank you. So I'd, Kurt's working on it. <laughs> I do that shit all the time. Like, somebody will give you a compliment, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just fucking take the compliment, bitch. <laughs> I know. I do I do the exact same thing. It's hard to take compliments. It's not as easy as it might seem. It's unless annoying. you're, like, this, like, super conceited person. I'm really... No, but you don't have to be. Like, I'm really trying to, like, unlearn that habit. Because it's so... It's, like, I feel like it's more unbecoming. Like, I, I'd much rather somebody be conceited than to 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 downplay it because it's just like why someone is trying to be nice to you why are you like blocking your blessings like don't block the kindness accept it and in, like use it to enrich yourself and then be kind to other people like that's how it should be but whatever that's let me get off my soapbox no it's like it's but it's like easy to have a guard up because i mean how often do you see on like the movies and the tv shows that somebody gets a compliment and then they're like huh just kidding i think i did it to you a couple episodes ago and i was like oh that was my favorite song it's like nope <laughs> yeah but i clearly know that that's like all in fun though you know like, yeah but what if it was like a serious thing what if i seriously led you to believe that that was my favorite song that i had listened to in the past two hours and then i took it away from you you kept your guard up because you don't you know nobody wants to be hurt that's a stupid example but you know what i mean I guess, but if somebody, like, if somebody is going to, like, do the whole Regina George thing and say that it is the ugliest effing skirt after I, uh, walk away, then, like, I'm never going to know about it. So, it's, like, in my world, Regina George liked my skirt. And that's that, you know? Now, if she's going around and telling everybody else that it's ugly, then that's going to be a bit of a problem. But, (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like you just have to take your compliments feel good about yourself it's okay to feel good about yourself within reason everything in moderation right and then just be kind Mm -hmm. to everybody else pay compliments to other people it's that simple absolutely it's that simple uh rachel hears this story that kurt's telling her and she's like oh my god he is totally crushing on you kurt's like but he's 22 and he's handsome and he's he's sings and he's this and he's that whatever sophisticated uh he's like there's no way he wants to be with me and rachel says it is time for you to put yourself out there if he doesn't ask you out ask him out there's nothing like being in love in new york and kurt's gonna flag up did you say love wow i guess things are going really well with you and brody and she's like yeah things move fast here it's new york it's nothing like high school and rachel is heading away from kurt walking across the street and uh she finds brody she gives him a kiss so yeah we're just furthering rachel and brody are happy seemingly falling in love and again kurt needs another big push to uh to go off and get something to happen here but he's got somebody in in mind yeah um this is uh i mean fine like 
I, I'm I'm fine with this, like because if if we're really going to like break off the the Blaine and Kurt thing, then I am sort of interested in seeing Kurt pursue a relationship that is not Blaine. Because I mean, and Chris Colfer did talk about this at the beginning of the season. He was like. He wanted something more. He felt like they were like an old married couple, and he was looking to see if something would happen this season, and he got what he wanted. So I was like, okay, well, yeah, like if you, if they're gonna break up, I'm not really interested in Kurt being alone because Kurt was alone a lot of the time. So I want I want to see Kurt be a bit of a, a slut here. Like, give him, give him, give him. You know, how about we not give Kurt the guy of his dreams? Let's have Kurt try and be a bit of a whore. I would have preferred that over this, but I'm fine with him like branching out at the very least. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think they needed to move Blaine and Kurt around a little bit. You know, having them just be madly in love for six seasons for any of these couples uh, was not going to be a very fun storyline. You got to have the ups and the downs and will they get back together? Will they not? I mean, we, we talk about how, you know, Will and Emma are still not married. And while it's like, how are they still not married? It's like, at least you're still waiting because you know something's coming. So um, I don't know. I, I could see that going both ways because at one point you're probably also like, OK, we know they're getting married. Just get married already. But obstacles do keep coming up that have prevented them from getting to that point. So, uh, you know, you got to keep you got to keep it interesting. Otherwise, yeah. everyone's going to You never fall watch theater or television to see reasonable people behaving reasonably. Like you want to see exactly. people like fuck it up. So, have him fuck it up. I mean, he's a gay man living in New York City. Like, come on. <laughs> come mm-hmm. the fuck on. Yep, so that's the deal there. We'll get more with them later. Back at the school, we're going to see Puck Noah Puckerman at the school and he is finding Kitty in the hallway as he said to Jake he was going to take care of it he tells her he's going to keep things simple for his sake as much as hers stay away from my little bro he's not interested in your skanky meow mix uh, she says you know speaking of things that are past their freshness dates didn't you graduate who barely who is says, letting him yep. back in the school <laughs> You know, uh, anybody. He just flirts with the person at the front desk and walks on in. I don't That's know. Works. We should know this. I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast before, but I used to give the morning announcements during high school. Of course you did. Okay. So clearly <laughs> the secretary should be fired. Fire Figgins, fire the secretary, fire everybody, because this is. <laughs> This is bad. Like, this is the exact scenario that you want to protect your kids from. This one right here. And you should know that. You should know that. If, if You should know that Puck coming back to the school, of all people. Now, if it were somebody like Rachel, yeah. or if it were somebody like Kurt, or if it were somebody like Mercedes, Mike Chang, you know what? Yeah, there's probably, you know, and there's something Glee going on. Of course they're going to come back. But Puck coming back in January, for what reason? It's the same. It's the same thing for you know. Even if it was Will, uh, but especially because it's Finn. Like if they just need to tell them where they're going. Oh, I'm going to uh, to Mr. Hudson and the Glee Club, and then you know Finn leaves a little note saying yes, this person is allowed in. I don't know. It's uh, so easy for these kids oh, to walk God. in and out. They just own the school. Fire Figgins. Uh, there's no rules at McKinley. Never have been. Never will be. But Puck tells her that he recently relocated back to Lima. He says uh, he's trying to focus on his screenwriting, to which she's going to make a dig about how he can't spell. And he's like, yes, I can. And you need to leave my brother, A-L-O-N. Uh, he says that Puckerman must, Musk is impossible for chicks to resist. We're like chocolate chip cookies right out of the oven. Uh, you know that we're not good for you, but one whiff, whiff of our fresh baked goodness. And the next thing you know, you're lying in bed covered in crumbs crying. He says Jake is fighting his instincts. In- instincts. He's trying to be a good guy. And if you really like him, you'll back off and give him a chance to do the right thing to which kitty says i don't like jake i'm a mean hot bitch that gets what she wants or i like to get what i want uh she says he says it's not gonna happen he's like i'm not gonna let it 
might happen. All you're going to do is get rejected and embarrass yourself. To which she says, fair point. But I can't go to the dance alone. Uh, she's like, what are you doing Saturday night? You want to go with me? Yeah, she's like, it's depressing that you hang around this school, but you are just hot enough to pull it off. I imagine vintage Puckerman is just as tasty. Uh, he says it's better actually, but you can't handle me. You're used to dealing with amateurs and I'm a professional. And she's like, what's the difference? He says, amateurs have threesomes, professionals have foursomes. I have seen and done things that would keep you up at night. He's like, uh, she says, you want to take me away from your brother? Give me a big old yarn ball of muscles to distract me. He's going to point out that she's underage. She says she has a fake ID and Puck says that's good enough for him. It's Sadie Hawkins. So uh, he assumes that means that she's paying for everything. And Kitty says, well, well, I expect to be fed, so I'll pick you up at 7. Then we'll swing by the drive-thru and just lets him know on the end here that her dates are always underwear optional, to which the camera pans over to Kitty as she sits down and her skirt is like ever so gently hitting the chair uh, as, you know, Puck and I guess the audience is left to imagine that she is not wearing underwear, which shouldn't be a surprise. Like, Brittany doesn't wear underwear. She's never worn it. So what are we getting all worked up about? Uh, this is bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I went and I looked up the age of consent laws in Ohio. And apparently, okay, okay so because Kitty is supposed to be a sophomore, right? So that means she is either 15 or 16 years old, right? It's January, depending on when her birthday is. Like, if she is a fall baby, then she's probably 16. If she's a spring baby, then she's probably 15. If you're 15 years old, it is not legal to be with anybody over the age of 17 in Ohio. You can be with someone that's 13 through 17 at 15 years old. If you're with somebody 17 years or older, illegal. If you're 16 years old, it's legal. You can be with somebody that's 13 to 17 or 18 and older. So if she is 16, they aren't breaking any laws. But the fact that she said that she's underage means that she's 15. So... She is 15, dating somebody that's 18, if not 19, because we don't know when the fuck Puck's birthday is. He could be 19 now. And this is really bad. This is just so bad. And why did we why did we allow this? Yeah, it's really bad in many ways. Real life ways. Real show ways. All around uh, cringy. And not like, yeah, like, kitty content is usually entertaining. This is weird. This is not necessary this is weird but it's happening i don't know what else to say um yeah i i was thinking about looking up the age of consent laws as well and they I'm just had to they did forget they just had to go all the way there like there was no i mean it's 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 bad regardless but they just lay it on thick like all of the innuendos here are just unimaginative and the fact that the, that it completely ends in her saying that her shit is underwear optional it's just like damn like we already know you're gonna fuck like do you have to like spell it out like i just Mm -hmm. yeah like even if it was like slightly less like you know just oh be my date to the dance but the way that they're laying out every single aspect of this like um i've seen things that you would keep you up at night and just all of these very suggestive things back and forth from this you know graduate to a sophomore in high school it's like we really could have kind of went around this in a different way but I don't know. It's just really bad. Like, I just, like, let's go to the drive-thru, pick up some food, come to this dance, and then have relations. Like, I just... <sighs> All right. All right, yeah, bro. Well, that's the plan. The two of them are going to go to the dance together, and it is time for the dance. Blaine and Tina show up. 
the dance is beautifully decorated. He is glad that she invited her to uh, invite, invited him to the dance. Uh, the dance it really is very nicely decorated. Tina did all this work. Props to you. There's like beautiful white trees with lights everywhere. It looks very nice. Um, Artie gets on the mic over on the stage and he welcomes everybody to the dance and he's going to dedicate this song to all the strong, powerful ladies who stuck their necks out this week to make this dance happen and, you know, stick out, like have the courage to ask out a guy, even though not all of the guys were asked and Artie is in a very sad way admitting to everybody that he has no date and he's here alone. Uh, Artie and the New Directions boys, specifically Blaine, Joe, Ryder, and Sam, no Jake, are going to go into a performance performance of no scrubs yeah first of all teenage dress fire i forgot about this performance i was pleasantly surprised when they uh when they started singing this the only there would have been a perfect performance if Ryder had not done whatever the fuck he did on stage that pelvis pumping shit i was like ew ew so you're that boy i knew that you were like marley does not need to be anywhere near that shit like do you know what i'm talking about or no, it's yeah, like yeah, escaping yeah, your memory. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just weren't joining in on the chorus of disgust. So I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm back into that kind of thing. I don't know. But um. <laughs> no, they, they, they're doing like their like typical boy band choreography, which I don't like pay super. I wasn't paying like super close attention to. I can still picture it, but um, they were just boy banding it up up there. Oh, no, that was that was not boy band. That was don't know what that was, <laughs> but <laughs> the girls went wild for it, I guess. And like, I get that Jake was like off with Marley and that's like the next scene that's coming up. Like he he couldn't perform with them. He probably was like too, too cool for school, I guess. But yeah, I did. I did think this was a good number. It, uh, they sounded really good on it. And you see like Blaine and Sam and Artie, at least like most of them, I guess, if not Ryder or uh, have, have some good choreography down for this. Yeah, it was a nice number. Artie sounds great on lead. Um, There's a Joe solo. Hey, hey, Joe, how you doing? Um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoy No Scrubs in obviously very, like Joe's outfit? very on brand. I, I thought it was fine. I questioned the, the scarf, but I don't know. Yeah. Was that like a Christian scarf? Like, I don't know. Like, was that something that Christians wear? It was, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it seemed, it seemed very intentional for that scarf to be there. Um, but yeah, after this number, we do see Jake and Marley off dancing by themselves and they're getting into it. Like, like not like getting into it in the way that like other puck is getting into it soon. Uh, but like, they're just like having a good time, like vibing off each other and listening to the music and you know, whatever Marley tells him that she really likes Jake, but she has this problem. And uh, she's like, I just always assume the best in people. And when you assume the best like that, you tend to miss things that, uh, you tend to miss stuff like signs of when somebody's about to hurt you, you know, that kind of thing. Jake tells her you're, you're safe with me. You have nothing to worry about. And Marley says, okay, I will believe you, but you just need to make sure that you are with me and only me. And we need to take things slow. Uh, that's how I operate. That's how this is going to go. If you can agree to that, and then we'll have the best time. But if not, then I just can't. And as she's dancing with him, like you can tell he's very much into her. He's very much like not rejecting these ideas. Like I think he already knew that this was the case, but she is like, you know, something within her is upfront telling him. I feel like also this feels like there was a deleted scene somewhere because Marley just randomly had the spurt of confidence to go up to Jake and tell him all this stuff. Uh, so she tells him that and then she's going to walk off and, uh, you know, leave him there thinking about what she had to offer so yeah this dancing is so awkward directors and i mean they had to oh, do yeah. it this way because they probably shot with no music because nobody on camera was on any kind of beat and then they inserted the music afterwards so that they could pick up everything on the mics but it just <laughs> looked so bad 
Yeah, it was weird. Um, but then Coach Beast, we're going to see Coach Beast come up to the single ladies on the side of the dance room that are just sitting there, not dancing. Why is Sugar we're gonna there? We're going to see Dottie Why and is Lauren Sugar there? and Sugar. Why is she there? Sugar because should not she be misses there. Rory. She doesn't have Rory anymore. And I guess the other Glee Project winners are not really up to her uh, standards. They are off sitting to the side, and Dottie, uh, Dottie specifically sees Stoner Brett out on the stage, and she giggles. Uh, she, wants, she wants to go find him. Uh, but Coach Beast is talking to the girls about how life isn't all about waiting to be asked. you got to get out there and get what's yours. Remember, the worst that he can say is no. And while this is happening, while Coach Beast is giving this speech, we're also cutting back and forth between Kurt, who is very much on the search to find Adam. And, you know, we're getting this... Uh, this advice from Coach Beast to tell them, you know, go out and get what's yours. Worst that they can say is no, which, of course, is going to apply to the girls that Coach Beast is talking to and also to everything Kurt is dealing with. So Kurt is walking around looking for Adam, eventually does find Adam. And Adam asks him, he's like, oh, I have this epic, epic mashup planned with Adam's apples. And Kurt says he likes the idea. He's in. And Kurt is going to ask Adam out to uh, go get some coffee and he's going to say yes as well as Lauren and Sugar are both going to get up and go find uh, Lauren finds Joe and Sugar finds Artie and all three of them Adam Joe and Artie all say yes to the people that are asking them out and yeah happy ending for everybody yay we see everybody dancing oh, we see Kurt very way. excited because Adam got gave him his number so all happy endings for these uh Little things. I looked up uh, Lauren Zeissi's birthday. She's apparently born in 1995. And people of the class of 2012 can be born in 1995, but it's more likely that she's actually class of, of 2013. So she would be a senior now. I still did see things that say that she got held back, but who knows? I don't think she got held back. I don't think I don't see that for, Le- for Zeissi. She would have never gotten into Harvard at the end of this episode had she been held back. Because she was talking about, like... What she was doing in her future with like football scholarships, or not football, uh, wrestling scholarships. I feel like she did mention that at some point, but I don't know. But any any thoughts on all the yeses we just got? Yeah, I would have said yes to uh, to Sugar. I would have said yes to Zyces. I would have said yes to all of these hoes. So <laughs> I ship it. <laughs> yeah, very happy for all of them. Uh, they're all doing. Uh, why didn't Why didn't Joe and Sugar just go together? Because they're just both so busy missing episodes. They just never catch each other on the right day. <laughs> you would think that they'd be missing episodes together. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they get back on the one day and they're like, oh shit, Like we've been gone for so long. Everybody has dates besides us. Let's go together. But nope, not happening. Um, while everybody else is having fun, Blaine and Tina are on the dance floor and he's telling her how he loves her new attitude these days. And Tina's like, well, I love everything about you as well. Uh, you're just so perfect. And Blaine says to Tina, where have you been all my life? And Tina's like right here. And this scene just very oh my quickly God. She evolves was about to, to kiss him. She was about, she to, was kiss about him. to kiss him. <laughs> But she's not going to be able to because Sam Evans is going to enter the picture. He runs up to Blaine and stops him. He tells him there was a big breakthrough on the case with the Warblers and he needs Blaine to come with him right now. You have to come with me. And Blaine is going to agree and go with her. He's like, Tina, this is bigger than bigger than us. This is bigger than anything. I have to go. I'm sorry. Tina's left all by herself, which Sugar is going to ask her, hey, you want to come dance with me and Artie? Uh, she does not want to dance with you and Artie. She wants to dance with Blaine. She wants to make out with Blaine. She wants to kiss Blaine. Um, Blaine is off 
with Finn, though, so that's not happening. Um, but while this is all going on, we're going to have Brittany up on the stage. She introduces herself and the New Directions girls for their number. Uh, the guys were just a warm-up, and we're going to see Tina, Marley, Brittany, and Sugar, and Unique going into a performance of Locked Out of Heaven, of course. Um, another Bruno Mars top 40 hit getting uh, thrown into the mix here. Oh, Tina. I mean, wasn't it public knowledge what happened between Rachel and Blaine? Like, wasn't that, like, a thing? Or no? Like, I feel like you would have, like, let, uh, let Rachel... You say you want to follow Rachel's footsteps? That don't mean do everything that Rachel did, okay? Like, she already tried, and she failed. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I like the number. <laughs> I think I like this number better than the guys. I think that they were both really, really good numbers, but I think that the girls really knock uh, this Bruno Mars hit out of the park. I love the part where they're like slamming down the uh, the mic stand. That, that was really good choreography. Sugar is like yeah, living I mean, her best life. Is is there a word for like micography, like the way that hairography exists, mm-hmm. where like your entire performance is based around you and the mic stand? Mm-hmm. It sounded they they looked really good. I enjoyed it. Like if there's a word for it, then uh, that's exactly you just what said it here. Micography. That's a thing. No. <laughs> okay. I feel misled. Um, well, the micography of this, we'll make it a word now. It is uh, now. It's really good. Yeah. They're, they're all in their amazing looking blue and white dresses. And uh, I think Marley's was like slightly like bluish green. It looked like she was like, what were they trying to match her eyes or something? Um, but Yeah, they kind of all were in the same color, weren't they? Mm-hmm. They all looked really, really good there. You even see Becky at one point in her uh, pretty little blue dress and she had a date with her, which doesn't get brought up again. I feel like there were so many things that must have gotten cut from this episode. Like Becky and her date are just there, but we don't see them get together. I feel like that was part of the thing. Like all of the people that were in that club earlier on, I thought that they would have gotten something. No, Becky got nothing. We don't see them get together at all. No. Mm-mm. Tragedy. Tragedy. Um, and then while this is all happening, while this number is going on, which I also enjoy the micography of it all, um, Kitty is dancing with Puck and she says, she says, I usually avoid dating Jewish guys on account of your people killing my Jesus, but I was willing to make an exception because of your biceps. But I'm going to have to end this little experiment in religious tolerance if you don't stop dancing like an idiot. Uh, he says, one night with me and I'll have you studying for your bat mitzvah. She says, not a chance. I like bacon too much. But she also tells him that she read her, his screenplay, which he's surprised about because he gave it to her like three days ago and she didn't say anything. And she says, well, it took me that long to get all through uh, through all of your spelling errors. But she says, actually, it's really good. Uh, the pool boy at the White House is the only one that can save the president from an alien terrorist aquatic pythons. She's like, that's that's really good. I'm sold, which doesn't sound like a book I would read, but to each their own. Kitty tells him that he has promised and he could be a screenwriter, uh, but she also is not that interested in the screenwriting right now. She just wants to get back to the car and have at each other in the back seats. Puck says, sure. He's like, but just so you know, I get pretty hungry after sex and uh, Sonic Burger closes in about an hour. So I don't really have anything else on this. Do you? And, uh, I mean, it was kind of strange. I was like, are they, is this going to be like the new thing? Like, is it, are they going to have like a budding romance here? Like, Puck moves back to Lima, and then he starts dating a sophomore in high school. It's just kind of strange. But then again, like, would we be saying this if Kitty were around in season three as a freshman and was dating Puck, a senior? Like, would that be allowed? And then they just kept dating after he left? Like, has that happened before? I feel like I've I've known couples that have, like, met in high school. One's been a senior, one's been a freshman. And then they kept dating afterwards. And people are kind of like... I feel like that... that isn't the kind of thing that usually you would be like, oh, that's weird. But the way that they present this. Yeah, they, they present Puck it in this predatory behavior. Yeah, exactly. Puck's like, you're underage, right? And she's like, yeah, but I have a fake ID. And he's like, all right, I don't care. Good enough. Oh, God. Which again, 
not good for a variety of reasons to be watching this back in the year 2020. Um, well, I mean, to be happening at the time anyway, but just, uh, you know, whatever. So that's that. But Sam and Blaine, uh, who left the left the dance to go deal with everything with the Warblers. They're actually with Finn. They're in the locker room and they're talking about how the Warblers are all uh, very noticeably getting bigger and buffer out of nowhere. Uh, the evidence that Sam has been putting all together is uh, is th- he has a lot of it here presenting, presenting it to Finn to show him what they're talking about. And we actually see this video of Hunter, uh, of course, the lead Warbler guy who is at uh, the Lima Bean and he has some serious rage going on. He is causing an entire scene at the Lima being about how his drink didn't have this and this and that and he's just throwing things everywhere and screaming and yelling and cursing and all this kind of stuff uh so they're talking about this is definitely roid rage uh finn is going to show uh sorry uh, blaine is going to show finn the show choir rule book which says you know the usage of uh steroids or any kind of substances substances is banned and if we can prove that they were using they can be retroactively disqualified from the competition and then we win Finn says, okay, I get it, but you guys are asking me to do something very serious here, beyond serious. The Warblers are one of the most respected glee clubs in the country, and uh, all we have is pictures of their heads that you're saying got a little bit bigger, and a cell phone video. He's like, we need some real proof. The boys say they have some. Blaine and Sam call in the missing Warbler. It is Trent, the guy they were talking about earlier, that they were saying, uh, this guy was missing from the performance. Why is that? that that's weird. They, that would never just happen out of nowhere. Trent is going to show up and talk to all three of them about how him and Blaine joined the Warblers together. And back then it was a band of brothers, a group joined by Harmony and Honor. But then Blaine left and then Sebastian came and then Hunter came and it just chipped away at everything that was good and special about them. Winning became everything. And we see uh, while this is all happening, all of the Warblers getting these shots of steroids and he uh, is, is pretty hesitant about getting his shot. Um, he's like, well, you took the shots or you didn't perform. He's like, singing with the Warblers is my life, but I just couldn't do it. My hormones can't handle heroic doses of testosterone. And we literally see like the guys that are giving these shots are like, get over here. What are you afraid? And he, he can't do it. He's like, I'm not doing it. He's like, they mean everything to me and it's killing me to betray them like this. But, and they're, they're, they try to calm him down. They're like, you're not betraying them. The Warblers betrayed, uh, Hunter betrayed the Warblers. You're saving them, if anything else. He's like, but if I go public with this, then their reputation is going to be ruined, for, ruined forever. Years of honorable melodies and harmonies all forgotten about. And they say, you know what? The Warblers' reputation was ruined the second they decided to cheat to win. So what do you say? Will you do this? You're going to testify against the Warblers? And he looks apprehensive, and he's not going to give us an answer just yet. But we have evidence, Amon. The Warblers cheated. They cheated. All those dancing tricks that you were talking about, they cheated. I wouldn't have been so apprehensive to tell anybody about it. I mean, like, they cut you from sectionals. Like, you didn't get a chance to perform because they cut you because you didn't want to take the damn steroids. So, like, screw them. Screw them. They're not the Warblers anymore. So the fact that he was like, oh, my God, I don't know. I don't want to. Uh, the, 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 the reputation will be besmirched. Like, fuck them. Like, do you want to perform or not? If you join the same year that Blaine did, you're probably a senior. Like, so do you want this to be your senior year at Dalton Academy? Like, come on now. Well, I guess I guess at this point, like, I, well, now, now that I say that, I guess if he does snitch, then the Warblers are done. So you can't perform with him anyway. But at least but at least your conscience will be clear. <laughs> Second of all, the New Directions would still lose. Even if they did get disqualified, they didn't finish their set. The other team did. Even if they were singing fucking He'll Be Come Around the Mountain when she comes. Like, all they did was sing Gangnam Style. Where are the other two songs? How would they win? Yeah, they seem pretty pretty sure that they would uh, retroactively win. I don't know. I, I don't know why they're so confident about that, but 
They are. Well, Finn is Finn was hesitant, but now that they have evidence, seems like that's going to be the plan. So, if anybody was so worried about the, you know, sectionals loss, like what are they going to do the rest of the year? There's hope now. So, we don't know quite how it's going to play out, but for now, we have some hope. So, shout out to Sam for keeping on that and making sure he didn't, you know, take his foot off the gas of all of that even though there was a dance going on. Like he was not taking a second. Like I, I wonder what Brittany was thinking like what are you doing? Like, why, why are you not dancing she with was me? Performing. Why are you looking at your iPad? True. He did take a break while they were getting ready to perform. So I guess he's good on the timing there. So that's that. Um, we're going to cut back to New York briefly as Rachel is making herself dinner and it's just her and she's setting up dinner seemingly for two, uh, but she's pretty alone. And then eventually as time goes by, there's a knock on the door and Brody shows up. He is 45 minutes late to their planned dinner. And uh, she's annoyed because she's about to, uh, about to go warm it up for him. And she's like, you know what? Six months ago, I would have been jo- just so happy that you showed up just in the first place you should, that you showed up at all. But now I'm just annoyed. And she's just reaming into him for him being late. She's like, you should have left earlier. You should have, uh, you should have left earlier. You should have made sure you were here on time. We had this plan. And, uh, you know, if there were $10 million here, would you have shown up on time? And Brody is like trying to calmly approach what is this. Going He's on? like, well, okay, listen. Doesn't this seem kind of like just out of place? Like it just seems out of nowhere. Absolutely out of place. It came absolutely out of nowhere. This like literally the last scene that we see of Rachel and Brody is the two of them Lovey-dovey. kissing on the streets. And now she's I pissed don't know off about him from. being 45 minutes late in New York City in the middle of winter. Like, like, we have no reason to believe this was a recurring thing. We have no yeah. reason to believe this has happened before. It just comes out of absolute nowhere, and she's freaking out on him. And he's, like I said, he's trying to calm her down. He's like, uh, I was freezing on the train platform. I didn't care because I knew the train was taking me to you, trying to butter her up a little bit. He's like, I would have waited all night on that train if it meant uh, that I was coming I to have. you to spend my last day with you. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why is this happening? What's going on here? It was really strange. I don't know. I don't get it. Offer them. I don't get it. Off, offer him to offer her to eventually ask him to move in. Like, you could have just... We didn't need this for that. You could have just been, like... You could have just... Why didn't you just have Brody come in, freezing cold, dripping wet from the snow, and have Rachel be like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I can't believe you came all the way over here for me. And you can still give him those lines, those lovey-dovey lines, because they would be in league with what we saw from them early in the episode. And then Rachel could still be like, how about you just move over here? Then it's done! Done. Completely done. But this whole, your turkey burger's cold. Let me throw away this entire salad. I'm pissed off. Like, made no fucking sense. Like, your ass should have stayed in Manhattan, Brody, because fuck that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it doesn't make much sense to me. He's trying to get, you know, he wants to dance with her, but there's no music. You know, use your imagination, blah, blah, blah. And as you mentioned, uh, he is going to wind up. Uh, they're talking a little bit later on, and he promises to her that he will never be late again. He's like, I'll get an apartment out here. I'll move closer to you. And of course, Rachel's going to say, well, why don't you just move in? So... That's the plan. They're moving in together. The relationship that was doing so well and then crashed so suddenly, and now it's back together again, and they're moving in together. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. Yeah, it seems like some bullshit to me. Mm-mm. So, I don't know. I really got nothing else there. That's that's what's going on in New York. Uh, but back at the dance, we're going to get one final number of the episode. Ryder, Artie, Joe, and Unique, mostly led by Ryder, uh, is, is uh, going to lead us into I Only Have Eyes For You. Uh, while he's doing this number, we're going to see Jake talking to Marley about how he's like, I just realized how awesome I am uh, just for the first time because you're the most amazing person, Marley, that I've ever met. And somehow I convinced you to be with me. It's like, I don't care about anybody else. I just want to be with you. So cute, 
whatever. Uh, Tina and Blaine. Tina is uh, looks like she's like smelling the punch. I guess she knows that it's always been a uh, always always had something in it. And Puck uh, is Blaine definitely there. So or he was Puck there. Puck is there. Yes. Blaine runs up to her and tells her that he might have just saved the Glee Club. And she's like, "Huh? Is there anything you can't do?" He's like, well, "The one thing I can't do is possibly leave here without having at least one slow dance with you." And the couples are all going to be dancing together. Blaine, while they are dancing, looks over at Sam while he, you know, he's dancing with Tina, Sam dancing with Brittany. And Blaine looks at Sam like pretty sad because he can't be dancing with his little buddy. And yeah, so any thoughts on these couples as we leave Jake and Marley, Blaine and Tina, Sam and Brittany? I feel the pain, Blaine. I feel your pain. I think that this was a really good number. I think Ryder sounded really good on this. This might be his best performance, in my opinion. For a, not bad. To date to date like mm-hmm. i mean greece is one thing like fine greece whatever but like i kind of as a solo i like this number for me i think it fits his voice perfectly i don't i don't have any like strong takes either way it's not like the most memorable to me but not the least but yeah did you so he's like singing i only have eyes and uh the he looks over at a neck brace cheer who's looking back at him all misty eyed and as soon as he sees her looking at him she he switches his eye contact i was like damn you took her to the damn dance like you might as well sing to her a little bit i was so shady so we are led to believe that uh rider did take her to the dance yeah they were dancing together i I didn't see i I guess i missed that well so i guess he did too then that makes more sense that uh that that all played out with some kind of conclusion to that girl. So I guess he took her to the dance and that's not the last time we're going to see them together. But yeah, I only have eyes for you. Obviously, a very direct meaning as uh Blaine is dancing with Tina but staring at Sam. He only has eyes for Sam at this moment in time. So, yep, poor Blam uh not going to be together at this moment. We'll see. Maybe in the future. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, I wonder I wonder what people are uh, are thinking, you know, first time glee watchers if anybody's out there with us like what do you think is going to happen? You think they're going to get together? Will they? Won't they? I don't know. <laughs> You'll have to see. I don't know. Afterwards, we're going to go back to I guess it's the next day or so. Tina is going to call another meeting of uh what's the club called? Why am I why is it slipping out of my Too my young to be bitter. Too Young to be Bitter, of course. The Too Young to be Bitter Club is having another meeting, and Lauren tells them, Lauren's Isis tells Tina that the ladies are so grateful to her because the Sadie Hawkins dance gave them all, uh, specifically gave her back her swag. She's like, I not only snagged the cutest Christian hippie in all of Ohio, but I was also empowered to, impl- to apply for a wrestling scholarship at Harvard. Dottie says that she thinks that Brett really likes her. He even baked her brownies. Isn't that sweet? She can't stop eating them. <laughs> the... Dottie Casatori and uh, Stoner Brett storyline is, uh, I need more of it. I need more uh, Dottie and Brett content. This innocent girl that's just munching on these brownies <laughs> has no idea. Um, and Becky tells us that she got to third base, bitches. So look at her go. Uh, Tina says the dance could not have gone more perfectly if she does say so herself. And just between us girls, she says she thinks she found the love of her life. Wait, and Becky's what is like, third what? base? Can you break the bases down for me again? I forget them all. First base is just kissing, right? What's second? You say fourth first base, base is, is kissing, yeah. Because home base is all the way. So what's third base? Third base is probably of the oral variety. Oh. Uh, okay, okay Becky. I would imagine. Okay, Becky. <laughs> 
Uh, Tina says that the dance could not have gone more perfectly if she says so herself. And just between us girls, she thinks she found the love of her life. Becky's like, you're not talking about gay Blaine, are you? And uh, <laughs> Tina's going to scoot right on past that. And she says the too young to be bitter club is hereby disbanded <laughs> she, because we are not bitter. She literally does not acknowledge it at all. I'm like, girl, girl, hope you're not talking about gay Blaine. <laughs> I just feel so bad for Jenna. If this is uh, something that, it truly was happening to her for for a long time in her life. Yeah, that sucks. But I feel the pain. It happens sometimes. It's horrible. And not even not even not even somebody of like a different sexuality, but just like to be in love with somebody who's just not feeling the same way. That's just like horrible. But you know mm-hmm. what? The more and more that it happens to you, the more and more like my personal philosophy is the more vulnerable that you allow yourself to be the deeper and the greater the eventual love that you get is going to be like the more that your heart breaks like the better like the 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 better and more wear and tear it can take during the relationship that you are destined to have you know what i mean like you've been through the ringer you've been through all of that shit you've had the unrequited love you've you've experienced heartbreak and loneliness and all of that stuff so like when it finally does happen for you baby is gonna be the shit so hang in there girl you'll be all right you'll be good tina no worries mike chang will come back around eventually or uh you'll figure something out but that's it that's all we got for this here episode for sadie hawkins it's time to get into our favorite songs from this episode all reggie we have i don't know how to love him tina baby got back adam and his apples Tell them that you're always gonna uh, New Directions girls. I don't want no scrubs. New Directions boys minus Puck or uh, Jake rather. You make me feel like like I'm locked out of heaven. New Directions girls and I only have eyes for you. Writer with Unique Joe and Artie. This one's hard. Yes. This was really hard. Do you know what your favorite song is, or uh, should I go first? Are you still thinking? I I am stuck on the last three, to be honest. I mean, no, scr- no scrubs. I mean, no scrubs is always a crowd pleaser, you know? Um, but the girls really did kill Locked Out of Heaven. But I really like Ryder on I Only Have Eyes for You. I like the arrangement of that song. No love for Tell Him? Oh, I love Tell Him too, but it's not my favorite. That was easy to... Uh, Fair. Mm. All right. Well, while you decide, my favorite was in the ones that you mentioned. So I'll tell you that mine was no scrubs. Um, like you said, it's a crowd pleaser. Pleased me. It was pretty good. Uh, the, the guys up there kick things off the dance with a pretty good number to get things going. I love anytime we get an Artie solo. And uh, I felt bad I did not give him my uh, favorite song over in the Christmas episode. But um, that's not exactly why I'm giving it to him here. He just sounded good with this with Blaine and Sam and Joe and Ryder. So uh, that's my favorite of this episode. I will give it to Locked Out of Heaven then, just to give the girls their shine too. I think it just edges out. I only have eyes for you, for me. So we can move on to our slushy ratings of this episode, which I don't know how this is gonna go. You know, it's a decent episode. I liked a lot of what we got with these characters here. I loved the whole Blaine and Sam and Tina shit. I thought the the too young to be bitter club was hilarious. We get some Lauren's Ices here. The Rachel thing at the end was just weird. Just kind of like threw off the whole vibe of the episode. The music is good. It's not zero slushies, but it's pretty good. I'll go with one slushy. Just because the Rachel shit of it all was kind of weird. 
and then well, maybe maybe point five. That was the only like that was the only negative thing that I had. But I also didn't like what they did with Lauren. But she's such a small part. Like I don't want to like desecrate the entire episode because I didn't like what they did with Lauren. Did I enjoy it more than what was the last point five that I gave? I don't remember. The uh, Thanksgiving episode was was a point five to you. So if this is on that level for you, go for it. It's not on the level of Thanksgiving. So one slushy. Okay. Uh, I always knew you were the generous grader. I, uh, Are you I'm, I'm torn between a, I'm torn between a two and a three. Oh maybe. shit! I don't hate it, but come on, this is not one of the best Glee episodes. This is not like one of like the good ones. This is not one of the like. Eh, no, I mean it's it's not. It I forgot really about it, but I liked it a lot. You know. I don't know. Um, I mean, the Puck and Kitty stuff is not. That's not dragging the whole thing down for me. As you know, strange as we find it um but the numbers are all average to me there's nothing out here that is you know standing out as one of my favorites i like a lot of season four music and not saying that any of this is bad uh just to me this isn't you know the the stuff that i really sink my teeth into with this season the tina stuff is fun but it's just like good the rachel stuff comes out of nowhere what is happening there the kurt and adam stuff while i'm happy to see kurt branching out i don't know a thing about adam and i know that i'm not supposed to i know that i don't need to know who adam is just to get the idea of what's happening here but it would have been nice to maybe meet adam like one episode prior to this to maybe have this like lingering thing while blaine and kurt got together in christmas and have like oh but there's still adam that kurt might go to and and find adam or something but it's just again also kind of comes out of nowhere which is fine i get it it's new york it happens but i don't know just a lot of things in this episode felt kind of strange to me a little like why you know the the girl the rider girl uh the the cheerios i'm like what's going on here so uh it's just not really a standout episode to me so looking at the scale we have and looking at all the different episodes that we give very good ratings to me i feel like lumping that in with some of those other episodes is not where i'm going to end up going i feel like a three feels right to me. Um, I was debating a point, uh, two point two and a half because uh, you got you got my girl Lauren back in here, and that gives you some credit. So love to see Lauren and the Tina stuff was fun, but just at the end of the day, this episode really isn't a standout to me. And I feel like if two for me is an average episode of Glee, like it's not bad, not great, then I feel like three is like the slightly below average episode to me, and I feel like that's what this is. So I'm going to land on a three. I might I might look back and regret that and feel like I was being a half a slushy too harsh, but I'll go with a three. Yeah, I'll stick with my one because I liked this episode a lot. So, I mean, it's definitely, it's not a standout. It's not. But I guess because of the fact that I didn't remember much of this episode and coming back to it, I was like, oh, my goodness, I love this. I can't give it a three because I enjoyed it too much. <laughs> I can't even give it a two. Maybe 1.5, but no, I'll stick with one. Oh, you, uh, you give it whatever you want. That's, uh, that's your feelings. My feelings are, uh, we're a little different. I just, you know, I, I liked parts of it. It's just, and I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm craving some Santana. I'm craving some Mercedes in here. I'm like waiting. Like I, I, I am happy to see the new kids, but like, it's taken a while to get to like more of the, you know, glee kids that I want to see and the good stuff and all that. And, uh, you know, we're coming back from break here and I would, you know, I would hope that we would get maybe some of everybody to just remind us of the talent of the show and, you know, everybody in the different worlds that we have going on. But, you know, we're, we're separated in between these two worlds and not everything happening in both worlds is, uh, the most fun to me. So that's where I landed. So I'll stop bringing us down with, with somewhat negativity. Let's get into some gold stars. 
Do you know where you're going with yours? There's a case to be made for Jake here. There would have been a case to make for Puck had he not fucked it up with the ultimate decision that he made. No Rachel, no Brody. Mm, I'm not going to give it to Adam because, no. Uh, Thirsting after Kurt is not Golden Star quality. Maybe Kurt? Maybe? Although I, I sympathized a lot with Tina here. Fuck it, I'll give it to Tina. She took a risk. Obviously, her inclinations are misguided in this episode, but I understand the loneliness. I understand just, you know, having a crush on somebody that might not, you know, care for you that way. I, I get it. And I, I just sort of admire the fact that she was able to, to go for it anyway. You know, it, to one person, it might seem stupid. But to me, it's it's just her taking a bit of a risk, even even though she knows that it might not pan out the way that she wants it to. I don't know, she just has some, she just has some love to give. She's she misses Mike and she's alone and she just she just wants a little loving. And I, I sympathize with that. I think that we've all been there, so I'll give it to Tina this episode. Yeah, and despite her crush and all that kind of stuff, she is trying to be a good friend to Blaine and, you know, helping him with the crush that he has and trying to, you know, be like, you know what, we're still gonna go to the dance. Mm-hmm. You and me will figure it out. So she, you know, kinda of puts her feelings to the side, even though they do come back up during the dance itself. But yeah, um, definitely a good gold star there. It's a, it's a good Tina episode, a good, uh, good episode for also Sam Evans, who's going to get my gold star. Um, Sam is the guy who might just be saving the new directions from a very somber, sad rest of the season. Uh, we don't know for sure, but it does seem like he is putting in the effort and he did not give up on this journey to find, uh, find out what really happened. He had this gut feeling all along that the warblers might've been cheating and he kept on it with Blaine he kept on it with Finn and all throughout this episode he was uh, working hard to find uh, find a way to make that happen um, so really not much else to it besides uh, good job on Sam for uncovering the truth that could lead to some better days ahead yeah fair valid I support thank you I support you as well thank you you're welcome look at us accepting compliments and thanks we are growing Growth. just over the course of this podcast. Growth. Growth. All right, that's it. That's it. Let's get out of here. It's hot in both New York and in Philly, and both of us have some air conditioners to get going again. Um, that's that's it. Follow us on social media. Aman will tell you all about it. You can follow us at the Choir Room or, or at Choir Room Pod. I was doing so well. Damn it. Choir Room Pod <laughs> on Twitter. You can follow me, Adam on Advin, Matt at Matt Lagori. Make sure that you are following or that you are leaving us star ratings and reviews. We will read them aloud on the show. And I think that's it. That's it. We'll see you guys with a lot more episodes to come here in season four. Hope you're enjoying it. Hope this uh, three slushy I just gave out doesn't leave you too feeling, you know, feeling too pessimistic going ahead. There's still some good stuff. So, you know, click play, keep going. We'll have some more fun. Yeah. All right, guys, we might see you at regionals pending. We'll find out. Bye!